Today's episode is brought to you by rockauto.com. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. rockauto.com. You are Locked On Wild, your Minnesota Wild, every day, and we are every day again. We are part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I am your host, Joe Bully of ZoneCoverage.com, and with me is Tony Abbott of ZoneCoverage.com as well. Tony, how have you been? I have been, uh, I've, I have, I've had to tear myself away from the Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild this week <laughs> to, uh, to sit down and record this with you. I have, uh, I have been, uh, playing this game like it is my job basically <laughs> uh putting an embarrassing amount of time into it in 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 the span of a week so are you almost done with it then or oh god no not even close okay <laughs> I, I have beaten i've beaten one of the four divine beasts in this time i i i i've never completed a zelda game before and uh, and I think this is going to be my first one, just because like the sheer amount of time that I've put into it now, like it, it's an investment, and I, I just gotta I just gotta keep pushing through and uh, and completing this because if I if I don't complete the Zel- this Zelda game, I'm I'm never gonna complete one. So um, <laughs> right, but I'm trying to get like good at fighting too. Like that's kind of the thing that's holding me back in terms of advancing in the game. So. Like I'm going, I'm going around. I'm unlocking the map. I'm discovering uh, shrines, which are the uh, the puzzles and mm-hmm. uh, and combat things that you solve or complete to um, to accumulate like more health and more stamina. So yeah. I, I, I'm I'm really building that part of the uh, the game up for myself before going back into more uh, more combaty. Uh, go to beat the bosses type of thing but uh sure. i i think I'll, i will make it i'm just uh maybe 20 percent of of finishing like the actual objectives of the game oh, sure <laughs> all right yeah. well so breath of the wild is kind of what you've been uh spending your time on i on the other hand have been trying to do some landscaping and i hate it i absolutely hate it yeah i would rather be me than you especially with how hot it's been last week uh, yeah, uh, spent a lot of time outside last week, a lot of water, um, but uh, got a lot done. It's just not finished yet. And like my body is going, my mind is saying, hey, I need to get out there. But my body is like, no, you're not going to do it. And and that is why I want to advise any millennials who are listening to this podcast, <laughs> any Zoomers. Do we have a Zoomer audience? I don't think so. But if we do have so. a Zoomer audience, hey, what's up? Uh, I, I want to advise you guys: uh, never be a homeowner. Just if you <laughs> if you must live somewhere, then buy enough avocado toast to build a house out of. Once the avocado <laughs> dries, it'll form a it'll form a, a super hardened structure that uh, that will be not only light but but uh, but durable. And uh, and I would suggest having that <laughs> rather than a house. It's got to dry though, because we all know that when avocados get ripe, they be get get a little mushy. 
And honestly, uh, we we talked earlier this summer about how I'm allergic to avocados now. Right. Yeah. I got to use them for something, and I might as well build a house out of them. Yeah. And uh, again, avocados, I can take it or leave it. I, I I don't go searching for it, but if it's a part of my my food, and it's usually just like a, I'll choke it down. So I don't know if the big bad wolf can blow down a house made of avocado toast. No, probably not. We, uh, we've not we've not <laughs> wolf tested it. If you are a wolf out there, if you're listening to us at Locked On Wild, please write us at lockedonwild at gmail dot com and tell us if you can blow down a house made of avocado toast. We know that the Timberwolves couldn't beat it down because they can't beat anything. <laughs> um, Not uh, from 21 we, feet anyway. <laughs> we, um, we've been off for a couple of weeks now, and uh, we do want to tell our listeners, like, look, there wasn't a whole lot of news at the time, so it was kind of like uh, we took some time, and then obviously you, uh, you, you, you did put it out on Twitter, but uh, you did deal with the death, and again, sorry for your loss on that. But So there was, there's been some time off here just to kind of – Step away, have uh, have some, some dealings with that. Plus, again, it just kind of coincided with just a whole lot of not a lo- not a lot of news in the meantime. So, uh, but we are getting a lot more news, and we are back on our daily schedule. So back we'll be on the daily Monday schedule. through Friday again. And uh, yeah, so if you uh, if you were like, ah, I really miss those guys, you know, for some reason. Um, well, first of all, uh, you can uh, you can you can help us uh, by going to locked on wild on on any on your favorite podcasting app and leaving us a review if you missed us that much that would be really cool um, that does help but uh we will we'll be back on our regular schedule as we are uh you know we'll be going through the uh the the playoffs uh however long the playoffs are for the minnesota wild and and probably a little bit longer than the off that season as well <laughs> yeah like we'll we'll be we'll be popping in in the off season i'm just not sure like exactly uh, right. Yeah. And so, definitely, if you have missed us in audio form, definitely go to zonecoverage.com, support us with our writing. You know, we have been there. We have been keeping up on that for the most part the last two weeks, um, having uh, content on zonecoverage.com regarding your Minnesota Wild. So uh, definitely support us there as well. We do appreciate that. Today, Tony, we're doing a mailbag baby pew, 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 mailbag pew, pew. episode coming back firing shots here and we'll get into those minnesota wild questions in our mailbag that have been burning away now for the last couple of weeks we'll get into that right after this but i do want to talk to you first about rockauto.com rockauto.com has been a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years 20 years in this economy that's pretty crazy that a, a family business can uh, stick around that long and you know the dot-com age, I mean, th- those types of businesses usually kind of fizzle out, but they've been going strong, and they've been uh, a, a go-to place, a shop for uh, auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers, um, and, you know, they help out the the professional and the consumer just like yourself, the do-it-yourselfers, and what's great about that is they also don't have separate tiers for each one. You go to your local auto parts store. And you go to those big chains out there, and what they're doing is they're they're price tiering for their for the mechanics that go to them every day, and they've got uh, maybe a marked up price for the do-it-yourselfer. Well, you don't have that at uh, RockAuto.com. They you go to RockAuto.com. It's a flat fee. It's a flat price, and uh, you don't have to pay 
the extra m- amount of money to uh, to get the same part that you would at other chain stores. So check out rockauto.com right now to see all the parts available for your car or truck. Right, locked on in there. How did you hear about us so that they know that we sent you? Check out rockauto.com. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. rockauto.com. Yeah, our first question comes from one of our regular question askers, Johnson from Wisconsin. I want you guys to speculate which option Kirill Kaprizov will take. Uh, Basically signing now uh, for the uh, 2019-20 season uh, while burning that first year. uh, Or signing a contract that starts next year that lasts two years without burning a year. uh, Where he can max out the bonuses on year two. I I guess he can't max out his bonuses for next year if he signs this year right um so um i i guess uh, i guess that's uh did i explain that clearly well i think we need to have a little backstory obviously we've been off but the, the thing is is with kirill kaprasov is the nhlpa and the nhl have come to an agreement uh for a return to play and it makes that players like sorokin and kaprasov basically not eligible to debut during this return to play, but they're leaving a window open for these players to sign. And uh, the question was always like, well, are the wild willing to actually burn that year for almost nothing gained out of it other than to get him over here and sign it under, under contract. And that was the kind of dilemma. I know, I think you wrote on it as well at zonecoverage.com. Like if you're the wild, you want them over yeah. here you want you, you almost have to gamble on that it's a gamble for both parties too because like uh like johnson from wisconsin said it you know you can't maximize bonuses here and there and so it is a gamble for him as well and and for obviously the wild where you know they're gonna have to pay uh, uh to to re-up him after after next year you know potentially more more than what they were expecting to because they they aren't, aren't able to get performance on that uh, second year of the ELC. So big thing is then which one, which one do you think Kaprasov is going to go for? And I think that if, if his agent, you know, that's, that's the big thing is like, which one does he go for? If, if it were me and you've been wanting to get to the NHL, I think you sign, you burn the year, you get closer to a, a year of um, of your uh, what is it the RFA status because it'd be yep. an RFA. Yep. Um, and and you you get close. You you only have one year of uh, a performance then to go off of for uh, you know your payday. Now it could backfire because like I said, it is that gamble. But I think that you go for it. I know that you're not playing for for damn near a whole year by that point. But mm-hmm. that's that's my speculation on that is that if you want to be in the nhl this is your window to come over the fact is if he comes over now he has to take like a bit of a haircut um a a, a pretty big haircut right the entry level contract even if you hit your bonuses which i don't know what what makes you like succeed in all your bonuses or whatever I, i don't know what benchmarks you have to hit for that but i gotta imagine that uh that it you have to do a lot to hit all of those bonuses. Um, so whatever haircut he's taking, he only has to take it for one year instead of two. 
Um, so if right. he just gets all that haircut out of the way in one year, and then next year he can start making the real money, whether he you know signs like a a two year bridge contract, kind of like Artemi Panarin did, or if Minnesota locks him down long term, um, I, I think either way, uh, Kaprizov is going to uh, get significantly more money than uh, than he was. He's going to come out ahead, I think, if he mm-hmm. signs next year, no matter what happens, basically. As long and, as he stays, you know, away from a, a career-ending in- injury. Right, and I think that, uh, you know, there could be an agreement that maybe while Brass tries to make him whole with that RFA deal, if uh, if he is, you know... If he does decide to come over right away, and really when you're when you're a guy that's coming over to North America for the first time, and you you want to deal with a culture shock, I think the Wild are looking to try to make sure that he gets acclimated to North America, just trying to put down roots, find a place to live, and that kind of thing. Um, and I think there's still maybe some uh, some clarification that needs to be done if if they, he can practice with his team during this time. Uh, mm-hmm. But I do think, like, regardless, he, you want him with your coaches, whether it's with the full team or not, at least trying to get some sort of a training program so that he can learn the system. It, it's way better that he's locked in, even if you can't even bring him over. But it, it's way better to have him locked in than not. Like, how much how much in value are you losing if Kaprizov is worth an extra win to you next year? And you don't bring him in like that. That probably costs you as much money as you would, you know, as you would get in um in a in a contract for you. You know what I'm saying? Like like whatever money that you're 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 paying for extra next year by burning that year right now, you might lose that in value to your hockey team if he doesn't play for your team until late late next year so right um yeah. we gotta we gotta move on well we'll talk we more about kaprizov when uh when there's kaprizov news this week which there will be kaprizov news this week one way or the other let's go to the next question which comes from dick enrico how long until we get nino back oh i don't think that's gonna happen no i, mean, I, I... like nino but i i don't think that's gonna happen Especially for Bill Guerin, who's going to try to not repair, and not maybe not repair, but for he's not going to go chasing players that another GM traded, you know, for the sake of just trying to make it better. I mean, I think he's looking to move forward. He wants he, he's already hired a Judd Brackett for drafting. I think I think the way this goes forward, especially with with salary cap implications, with this return to play being flat for the next three years, that the team's got to that has to uh, you know plan for it. I think that trades are going to be tougher to come by, and you don't go chasing a player that uh, that you've had before. In my mind, unless he was really really uh, knocking the doors off. And don't get me wrong, I am a big giant fan of Nino, and I I'd love to see him back in uh, a green green and wheat sweater. It's just. I think that ship has sailed. And I love me some Nino, too. You know that. But, like, the guy's, you know, uh, as good as he is, right? Like, as good as he is on the underlyings. Uh, he's kind of a, a 40, 45-point player most years. I don't know. Like, I know that he's he's cracked 50 a couple times. But, like, 
there's ups and downs with Nino. Uh, I, I think that if Minnesota is going to add a winger, right, with how much depth they have in the wing, not just uh, in the uh, in the NHL, but in you know their system, I think that if they were going to add a winger to the mix, it would have to be someone absolutely special. And, and Nino's a very, very good player. But uh, I, I don't know if he qualifies as, as that kind of uh, special. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And they've got some up-and-coming upcoming uh prospects too that could fill that void um younger cheaper that kind of thing so i think that's the route that they're going all right that's uh that's two big questions with that we spent a lot of time on kaprasov we we spent a little time on uh on a nino question uh we got more coming for you up in the next segment stick around you're listening to locked on wild welcome back for the final segment here on your mailbag episode of Locked On Wild is Joe and Tony guiding the ship. Tony, you've got all the questions curated. We'll continue going down the line, and uh, just so that we can get as many questions in here for the final segment, let's get right into it. All right, Morpheus from the Matrix, uh, long-time uh, listener of the show. How much time do you see, if any, Sam Anis getting in this upcoming series? I think, ooh, part of that is going to be who opts in and who opts out. Mm-hmm. Um, there's some speculation about Luke Cunning because he is, uh, I think he's type 1 diabetic. Yep, which would make him on, immunocompromised. Yep, and so there is some speculation on, on his status. I know he's joining training camp, um, and maybe he doesn't opt out, but... Uh, I think that it, there is some speculation there whether or not uh, he's going to play or not. And and uh, if he doesn't play, the, that leaves a spot open on the wing. Um, I think that would probably go like Jerry Mayhew first. Um, I, I'd like to see Annis at least try to get a shot. But again, this is this is a five-game series. It's short. You know, it could be three games and we're, we're done in a sweep. And when we were never going to get a chance to see him. So I don't know if there's really a time to experiment with the lineup. Now we could sit here and talk about what that best lineup is. And maybe Annis is deserving of, of being in that, that, that best lineup uh, coming out of this short training camp, because uh, by all accounts, it sounds like Evison's going to basically put who's ever really is in the best shape. Who's ever coming back faster and, uh, and, you know, best play, player available uh, in his training camp will, will play. But that remains to be seen whether or not Annis is going to be one of those. Yeah, I, I just don't see it. Like, uh, nobody nobody in the Wild organization has given Annis a chance up to this point. And uh, even after making first team all AHL, like, there doesn't seem to be that kind of buzz of like, oh, we've got this weapon that we can put in the line. And maybe the Wild are right. Maybe Sam Annis is just a really good NA- AHL player and nothing, nothing more. But you, you just won't know that until he gets a chance. And, and is that chance going to come with the Wild organization? Uh, at this point, like, I, I don't see the team icing a 5'8", you know, on skates, maybe 160-pound mm-hmm. skater um, into, uh, you know, his first NHL game in the playoffs. I just don't see it as deserving as I think he is, which I think, right. uh, I think he's been deserving for a while now. 
All right, next question. Next question. Who from the wild would the Canucks want for uh, for Brock Besser? Who uh, there there was a rumor that uh, that hit Twitter that the Canucks might look uh, trading Brock Besser uh, for you know for uh, for parts, I suppose, uh, or uh, cap space for the most part. Um, I mean the organization, <laughs> not the fans. Defense, I I assume, with some young offensive prospect. What do you okay? So what do you think? Uh, what do you think Minnesota could realistically trade to get Brock Besser? Ooh, I don't know why you're trading Brock Besser, but um, I suppose when you've got as many long-term contracts out to scrub players like they do, uh, you're in a cap crunch, and he might be a cap casualty. Um, I think. And I don't have any of the cap numbers in front of me, but maybe like a Jonas Brodeen is, is potentially for that. Um, I mean, you got to give up something big. Um, I don't know if Jordan Greenway moves the needle, but it could be the size and the skating. Mm-hmm. It, it, you package those two together for Brock Besser. I, I don't know. Um, yeah, whoever whoever it would be, it would have to actually save them money. So, like, if you think that... Um... And and I'm I'm kind of skeptical as to whether Minnesota could trade for a, a winger like Brock Besser anyway. Maybe maybe we'll get that to that later in the week. Um, but um, yeah, I I I don't see them Vancouver making that deal and getting you know uh, Jonas Brodeen on the other end or or maybe even Matt Dumba. Like I think both those guys either make too much money or are going to make too much money. Uh, for, for like, if you trade a Dumba for Bessa right now, that adds cap space. Right. So then maybe you're looking at a, a package of picks and maybe like a, one of the few of like Jewel Erickson act, Jordan Greenway, um, uh, Ryan Donato or yeah, like, it, uh, it would have to be, it would have to be a combination of draft stuff and, you know, like some, somebody up and coming, like maybe, uh, like maybe they would have interest as a piece, right? Definitely not as, as the whole package, but like maybe, you know, a first round pick, Jordan Greenway, and maybe someone like Brennan Manel would be of yeah. intrigue to them just because uh, Manel's very young and he was first team, or was he first team? I think he was. I think he was first team. I think team he was, yeah. Show. Either so. way, he was. He had a very solid year after coming in, I think, last year in his first pro year. So. I, in, uh, Vancouver fans are probably going to listen to this and be like, "Oh, they would never do that. They would never do that." And like, you know, maybe, maybe that's right. In a, in a normal salary cap world, they wouldn't do that. But with the cap being crunched and and remaining flat, I mean, thing is, like, the the Canucks, like they they've got they've got holes on their roster to fill next year. And mm-hmm. is is Elias Pettersson is his uh, his deal's not up for another year. So I, I, I don't know where this cap crunch is right now in the here and now. Um and a lot of their a lot of their worst contracts expire pretty soon. Uh before uh uh as yeah, as Besser's uh contract expi- or uh, yeah, expires, uh their worst uh contracts are gonna be off the books. Uh with the exception of Tyler Myers, which oh boy, that is <laughs> that is a rotten contract. Um, yeah, I don't know what the I don't know what the hurry is to to get rid of Besser in in, no. in the first place, but 
Yep. Next question? Yeah, next question. Uh, more more Vancouver stuff, this time from uh, from Derek. Uh, should Wild fans be concerned with the way things ended in Vancouver with Judd Brackett, who is the scout that uh, that was let go by Vancouver uh, before the draft, and uh, and now he is in the Wild's front office heading up the uh, scouting department. Um, I, I guess uh, P.J. Fenton, who stayed in the organization after uh, after uh, Paul was dismissed, um, who ran the draft table with Darren Yopik, who is not in the organization anymore over the right. last two years. Uh, Fenton will stay on as an amateur scout, but Judd Brackett is running things now. Yeah, as the director of amateur scouting. Um, should we be worried about how it ended? I think we need more information on how it really ended to kind of know if there, if there's any real red flags there, but um, it sounds like, you know, the wild were hot on a, on his tail. And I think um, there was one other team, Seattle, Seattle, that, one that you know, and really Seattle is, Seattle is making some, uh, some pretty big moves in their front office uh, to kind of shape it for the, the future of the NHL. So Seattle's, you know circling their wagons on on bracket too you can trust that maybe he was in a in pretty decent demand for some of his knowledge and what he maybe prioritizes in, in traits from from players so i don't know i think and by all accounts this sounds like a pretty decent hire for bill Guerin, who is now trying to rebuild a front office that's been depleted since uh, paul fenton was in charge so um i think obviously like everything we have to wait and see and how things go. And, and maybe we look at the, the draft coming up on October 10th and 11th to really kind of get a feel of, okay, what is, what's the difference here? What are they prioritizing in certain players? Um, but so far so good, I think is what we're seeing. And without knowing how it broke down in Vancouver, there's just no way we can really tell. If we have learned anything from the Paul Fenton era, right? It's that a front office exodus, Joe, can happen for a lot of reasons other than talent. <laughs> right. Um, like, uh, I don't think anyone in Seattle was like, oh, like, should we be concerned that Paul Fenton was, was so quick to uh, to get rid of Alex Mandricki? Like, no, Alex Mandricki is, is brilliant, and she has a good reputation the, the throughout the NHL, and it seems like Judd Brackett has a, a really good uh, reputation uh, through the rest of, of the NHL. And, you know, like, I think that his results in the last three years, like, uh, for the most part, they look real nice. Um, you know, being able to, to pluck Elias Pettersson and, and Quinn Hughes out uh, of, you know, like the, the five to ten range in the draft. Um, I, I think that that's real good work. Uh, getting Vasily Putkolzin at ten and then turning around in the second round, getting Niels Hoglander whose stock has really risen since the, that draft. Um, yeah, I'm pretty excited. Uh, for Oh, and Tyler Madden, too, who uh, who became a real high-end prospect uh, fast enough uh, so that uh, within a year and a half, they were able to, uh, to get a, a big trade deadline acquisition uh, with him. Um, so, yeah, I, I'm, I'm pretty excited about this move. Um, yeah. And we all know how the Chuck Fletcher thing became archetypal 
with with the type of player that they were going. Just look at the scouting report of, of Jules Eriksson-Eck in his draft year, and it screamed Chuck Fletcher pick. All right, uh, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna speed through these last questions. Lightning um, round. This one's from Derek as well. Are the play-in games the playoffs, or are they not, or are they both? It sounded like they were the playoffs, and then. The next day, the NHL is like, no, they're really not. So, I don't know. <laughs> they aren't just to uh, to fulfill local TV contracts. That's what right. it is. Like, it would cost a, a bunch of local TV contracts a lot of money if they played no more regular season games. So, uh, technically, they're regular season games, but they won't count as regular season games. I think that you should comfortably view them as the playoffs. Um, so, we'll move on. Um, well, I think I think he's asking this question because of the the status of the Pittsburgh pick, and I think we might have to. We, we I think we're going to dig into that uh, in one of our other shows. But yeah, a quick um, quick summary on that is that uh, is that we covered this yesterday. But quick summary on that is the Pittsburgh pick. If they lose, they are in the lottery, and uh, Minnesota can't get a pick that is in the lottery uh, from Pittsburgh. So. As long as it partakes in the lottery, then the wild can't have it. So that's okay. that's what that is. All right. All that right. Makes sense. Uh, please just sign Kaprizov already. Uh, hopefully, it's already happened. Uh, by is the that time a question? <laughs> <laughs> no. Uh, what do you think the wild should do about Sam Allison and his expiring contract? I, I I think they should just give him a chance somewhere else if they're not. Yeah, I think so too. Nick Lane. Assuming the wild will pick at number ten, who do you think the wild will pick? Uh, do you have a do you have a name, Joe? I think they need to pick a good player. No, I honestly, <laughs> I've been holding off on draft stuff just because the draft was pushed and pushed and pushed, and and uh, I think once we get closer to the draft, they'll really finally start digging in. So unless you've got somebody uh, around there, uh, I'll defer to you. Uh, Anton Lundell is is my okay. Is, I've heard is, the name. Is is the guy who I think that uh, Minnesota might pick at at around pick ten, um, two way uh, finish center, um, and uh, and scouts are a little divided on him uh, in terms of like his offensive upside. Um, but here's the thing: uh, if you talk to American scouts, it, it seems like they're a lot cooler on him, and if you talk to the European scouts, they really seem to love him. Um, so, like, I, I I think that's a guy who might fall to ten. And you know, if you're right about him, then that's a steal, right? Right. Uh, so yeah, uh, that's that's my guy. But we'll we'll get way more into draft stuff as the uh, the off season progresses. Uh, Wild prospects and young players asked, was it at all surprising to see Kalen Addison on the training camp roster? And how do you feel about it? I I actually was kind of surprised because you're going down the roster and it was like, okay, we all know these players. No real surprise. And all of a sudden, it was like. Addison. Whoa, that's intriguing. Um, I I like it. And it'd be interesting to see if we can get a game with him, um, especially now that uh, Pattern is considered injured. Um, I don't know if he gets into a game. So I don't know. I, I think the training camp thing is, is great, but I, I don't know if that leads anywhere. By the time this drops, I should have an article about Kalen Addison outside. I don't want to give away my entire hand, um, but I think uh, I think worst case scenario, right? Addison gets to spend some time 
with the NHL club and see how they operate in the playoffs. I think that's valuable experience no matter if he gets into a game or not. So I think that's it for questions, Joe. That's it for questions. All right. Well, uh, Tony, where can we find you on the internet? You can find me on the internet at Tony, and you can find my work at zonecoverage.com. And that's Tony on twitter.com. Yes. All right. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at JoeBoo15. And then uh, also all my work on Fridays at zonecoverage.com. We got some big plans as we lead up into the the qualifying round series with Vancouver. So definitely check out zonecoverage.com. Bookmark that on your browser right now so you can go there every single day for daily wild content. That's going to do it for today's show. If you liked today's show, please hit subscribe so your device sends it to you every time there's a new episode without having to do any work. Please leave a review and a rating on whatever podcast service you use. It does help us out. Get discovered by more wild fans such as yourself. You can follow the podcast on Twitter. Just look up at Locked on Wild. You can also get in touch with us via email. Just email us at LockedOnWild at gmail.com. Thank you for listening to Locked on Wild. Be sure to check us out every Monday through Friday to stay on top of everything revolving around your Minnesota Wild every day.